If you haven't signed up for Discord, please do so at MajorDemoMedia.com. Great discount codes to Any Day Cookware, Athletic Brewing, and Comment to Your Coffee. And of course, all things Momofuku, we announced two new noodle flavors. We have Sweet and Spicy. The just spicy noodles. They're coming out. I think I can announce that. I think that I did see that it was okay to announce, and I'll talk about those in the coming days. There's a 15% or 10% discount code to anything Momofuku at shop.momofuku.com, or you can visit us at places like Target and Whole Foods. Let's get on to the show. Welcome to the Dave Chang Show, part of the Ring of Podcast Network, presented by Major Demo Media. Thank you, Yola Tango, as always. I had a wonderful dinner last night. I was at Antica Nuevo, and I, I want to say who I was having dinner with, but I I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I can't. It was just two of us. Three of us, excuse me. But I ran into a chef friend of mine. While we were eating dessert. And I love Antico because Chad used to be the chef at Chispaca, part of the Moza complex, uh, Nancy Silverton's great restaurant in what part of LA is that? Hancock Park ish? Yeah. Anyway, as it happens, I, I didn't realize that I thought it was my friend sitting across the room chef of multiple restaurants and his wife and I but I didn't know because I haven't seen I haven't seen him in four or five years much more much more facial hair I haven't seen that aged more distinguished but I'm like is that that person and I, I was like ah maybe it's not so I turn around and I'm having the conversation and sure enough, the the wife, partner of my chef friend, comes over to talk to my dining guests. And I'm like, oh, shit, it is him, if that makes any sense. I was like, oh, my God, I know who you are. You are, and we've hung out before, and I didn't know because her back was turned to me. Anyway, we are eating dinner. Desserts just dropped. And at Tigo, I really believe it's got some of the best ice cream in the world. I really believe that. The honeycomb, pistachio. What else do we have? Peach and strawberry. I was really saving room. And more importantly, I've been really trying to eat way healthier. It was pretty much the only thing I had to eat. I've been limiting all carbs, all kinds of things. Just trying to get super healthy for my physical coming up in September. I'm really just getting healthy for my physical in September, not for health in general. Anyway, trying to get my blood work, everything great. So I, 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 the wife comes and sits down, takes my spot, and I go over to the other table to talk to my friend. And we're, we're, we're chatting, and then it dawned on me that while I had left, they dropped the ice cream. And I was like, this is a real bad decision by me. I really am excited that it, it's verified to be my friend. But I'm also now sad that the ice cream is now being eaten without me. So I saw from the distance that the cups of ice cream were now like halfway full. So I said, hey, 
I cut off the conversation. Like, hey, you know what? Going to catch up. Let's catch up later. Let's uh, let's let's uh, like I had to like catch a plane or something. <laughs> and I um, I come back down and I'm talking to. <laughs> All right, I had dinner with Bill last night. Okay. Right, and someone else I won't. <laughs> and Bill's looking at me because now I'm like, I start. You ever start eating at a place where, and I see my wife do this when she eats, like, say, Indian food. She lo- Indian food is her, like, favorite food that's not Korean. And she literally looks like the goddess Shiva because arms just start frowning <laughs> out. And it's just like, whoa, 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 whoa. And I had a momentary lapse of, of judgment and temporary insanity because I stopped thinking. I, I started eating like I was by myself in my kitchen at, like, one in the morning. Like looking at ice cream and I have the munchies. Once I had come to, <laughs> I looked at Bill's face. He's like, whoa. <laughs> He's like, whoa. That's what he said. Whoa. <laughs> and my our other dining partner was like, focus, huh? Because <laughs> I had totally lost. I, I reached that, if, that meditative state where you lose track of time, place, anything that's happening. And I really reached some kind of nirvana with that ice cream last night. And I was so in it that I had forgotten my conversation. I had forgotten that Chad was talking to the table. I'd forgotten that anyone else was there. It's like I had taken acid and you just lose track of time legitimately. And I'm like, oh shit, what did I do? I didn't know what happened. And I was more embarrassed. Like how, what, how did I eat the ice cream? Was I like, was I like licking my, I don't even know what happened. But for me to have eaten in a way that caused both people to have a reaction. I was fully enjoying myself and I lost, I lost myself in the ice cream eating. That's how good the ice cream is. And truly as delicious as everything is, and it is extremely delicious there. What I was really looking forward to was that ice cream. Because I do believe that Chad should open up the first $20 cup of ice cream in America. That's not St. Ambrose in New York City, but I, I enjoyed it. But I also wanted to know, is, has anyone else done that? Like, well, you lose who you are. You lose yourself. Like the Eminem song, you lose yourself. And I have forgotten all protocol and etiquette. And I, and I think what happened was I was, I was eating it so fast. Whew, like I was playing like the xylophone with the spoon and then I was like, <laughs> because my entire thing was, I got to eat this before it melts. Right. That was more important to me than the discord with my table mates. And you forgot, totally forgot you were trying to watch what you eat, right? Oh my God. That wasn't right out the fucking that door. Was straight out. That is, yeah. I mean, you just broke multiple barriers and just went straight for the. I got to say that I was sad, but also like, that was sort of awesome. I, I, I don't even know how I could even, it's been so long since I've been in that state with other people present. <laughs> this is basically me at every family meal though, right? It's like, I just, I'm the guy. Yeah, that's but like, that's the thing. It's that moment. What are those moments where you just shovel food in your mouth and you don't give a fuck, right? Everyone has them. Yeah, it's like it's like Nick Young when he's just shooting threes and they're going in. And you're Swaggy, just like, <laughs> don't compare like, me to Swaggy what, P. Swaggy, what are you doing? So that was that was. I would like to know 
what are the moments that people have when they lose themselves in food? And I think overall it was quite embarrassing. I dropped Bill off. <laughs> and I think that like he was just being nice to me. I think he was utterly disgusted. <laughs> I think Bill, pod, the podfather himself, was utterly disgusted <laughs> at my ravenous consumption of Antica Nuevo's beautiful ice cream. <laughs> like, like each morsel was like Gollum. And, and, and I just was like, ah, ah, ah. I was thinking about that all day. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to come out and say it. Like I, I ate like a fucking total slob. I, I was gluttonous and I traveled through time and space yesterday. <laughs> You're just in the zone. You're in the zone. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Except the basket being this big, yeah. my mouth was that big. Exactly. For what my wife, it's Indian food. What's what what's what's it for you? Oh. It's like dancing by yourself. Yes. But for those that don't like to dance but like to eat, that's what it was like. You're you know. Uh it's probably Euros and French fries. That's when I'm just like housing stuff and you know, look at me like you haven't talked to me in 20 minutes what would be the good equivalent for someone to understand it's like watching a kid in a place or person dancing because they're so hopped up on ecstasy or something <laughs> that's, that's actually, you know what i mean like, and, i'm only doing this not because it's drug reference but what is it so embarrassing but you don't give a fuck because yeah. you're feeling so good about something and everyone's watching and you don't care that's what happened it was a natural high and instead of dancing, <laughs> I was dancing food into my mouth. <laughs> I mean, that might, but that, the Antico ice cream might be one of the best things for that, right? Like you're running out I of I really was looking forward to it all day. And here's the other thing. I was telling myself, I'm just going to have one, <laughs> one, one scoop of each one. So you can understand why I have an addiction problem, right? And the taste of, taste of one. In real control, real control in my life, what I admire most, if somebody, when I see this, and it's really never happened, but I can see it. If someone takes a bite of a chocolate bar, like one corner, and then puts it away. If they take like a, any kind of chocolate bar, like a Toblerone, put it away, oh. and that's it, they're good. Or a Hershey's bar, any kind of little corner. If somebody can take one scoop of ice cream, be like, ah, that's enough for me. That's <laughs> I, mean, that's like, I, I, I marvel at that kind of self-control and power. I fear people like that. Like, that's a serial killer. I don't know how you're going to eat one scoop of ice cream and just walk away like it's cool. Like, that's crazy. I channel my inner Dionysian last night, and <laughs> I entered this altered state. And I think I'm a better person for it, but I think that everyone else is more scared of me than everyone <laughs> It's the best food for it. Ice cream plus it's at Antico it's so ice good. cream. Can we just say this? Antico Nuevo ice cream is, I want to start a business with Chad. Just <laughs> I've already asked him, by the way. <laughs> I think it's the best ice cream in the world. I've, I've heard multiple people say that who have been very well traveled. I know it's my favorite. It's so it's, fucking good. It's a banger. I, I'm trying to watch what I eat. So this is killing me. I got up early this morning to work out because of that. <laughs> anyway, 
what I wanted to talk about was not just the foods that I like, but a lot of people assume that if you're in the if you're a cook, you love everything, especially a chef. I think I've been trying to tell everyone for a long time I don't love everything, and I've already been honest that for a long time I was opposed to saying like, oh, I love awful. I don't really love awful. I love foie gras, but that's not that's not really awful. It is, but it's not. Brains, that's not, that's not for me. Yeah. Intestine, not for me. Really? Gross. Ooh. It's fucking gross. The, the, even though they crisp it and all that? You don't do that? Koreans eat what? Yeah, kopchang. And it's gross. Oh, I can't do that. Is- Listen, I don't want to take from the, 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 hit, the long history of eating intestines in a variety of cultures. Right. Like- I just find it to be... Would I want to eat that in, in the end of days? No. That's, that, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. It's my favorite taco, bro. Ugh. You're eating poo. But you're eating crunchy, like intestines. No, you're eating poo. You're eating poo. I, again, I, it's another thing. I don't like natural sausage casing. Oh. Whoever invented artificial sausage casings? Genius. <laughs> oh. I don't want to eat. Learning a lot. I don't want to eat poo casing. That's what it is. (laughs) They clean it out. Just imagine that tight pork sausage, but poo inside of that instead. That's what it was before. So I don't like intestine. I don't like heart. I don't like lungs. Stomach. I like honeycomb tripe. But not. I don't love it. Yeah. There was a two-year period where I loved it, but that was like my goth emo phase, which I never <laughs> had one. But that's what I would imagine as a, a diner or cook. That would be like my equivalent of the goth emo phase. <laughs> you know? 100%. Know what you're black boots, black pants. <laughs> General Robert surliness. Smith blasting in my earphones. <laughs> you know? Chain link wallet to my... <laughs> So while that, for those that know, that would be like the equivalent. I, I just, only thing I really like is liver. Right. Yeah. But there are many things I don't like. And my wife actually always comments, like, I don't think people realize you're the pickiest fucking eater I've ever met. I don't say picky. I say, I know what I like. You're selective. I'm not going to waste my time eating something I don't want to. And I will eat certain things when there's nothing else to eat. Like my forefathers. (laughs) (laughs) The harvest is going to be delicious when I have nothing else to eat. (laughs) And we're probably headed there soon with global warming. So, you know what I mean? That's what I call Armageddon food. (laughs) That is so rude to so many cultures right now. Stop. I'm not trying to be rude. (laughs) I'll only eat your food if it's literally the last food on earth. I'm not trying. Please. (laughs) I don't want anything to be taken out of context. I can see this right now. (laughs) Yahoo or Daily Mail right now. Dave Chang says, chitlins are disgusting. (laughs) Please, I did not say that. You know, you know, said that. I'm saying that I dislike it. I respect the food culture's. Do not pull quote this, motherfuckers. Oh, my God. 
I choose not to eat it. And I think that I wonder, would I eat that if I was truly hungry and I'm fortunate and I'm privileged to be able to say these things? Understand that. But in a place where, in a future world where there is no more nothing and we're all scavenging for sustenance, yeah, I'm going to eat those things. Just like I would eat a human being if I had to. <laughs> we're getting really literal. Though, you know, like... <laughs> Oh boy! All right. So, what what do you what is what are some of the things that you dislike that people would normally can, eat? Can can people take a joke here? Jesus! Oh my God! I hope they can. But I wanted to say again, all those things aside, no. The reason why I don't and I don't love blood sausage. I'm blood okay, sausage I'm is totally gross to me. I'm with you on that. No, yeah. all forms of blood sausage. Sunday. Yuch. I'm with you. Yuch. I'm with you. Does Grace eat it? Loves it. Eunice loves it. Yeah. Loves it. Oh. It looks like worms to me. <laughs> when you slice it open, it literally looks like worms. Yeah, just like worms trying to go. <laughs> I don't like blood sausage. I don't like offal. I'll I, I I will cook it. I will respect it. I, I just and listen, if it's served to me as it has been as I've traveled, I will eat it. Only time I've had a real hard time eating anything was when I had to have dried deer tendon reconstituted deer tendon when I was in that Chinese buffet in Beijing in the Royal Court. Uh-huh. And we could have edited it out, but oh, I spit it oh, out. Oh, oh, okay. And I was so sorry, but we left it in there because I wanted to say, like, listen, like, just because people might think I'm an adventurous eater, I want to try it. I want to respect it. And I say my goal, truly, my goal is to be able to eat that and think it, not just think it's delicious, but appreciate it. And to eat it and to, if I, and I really said, if I can learn to appreciate it and eat it with gusto, then I know Chinese food culture. And that's what I mean. And let me just back this up. Like whether it's any kind of intestine, because a variety of cultures serve it, food cultures. If I can eat it, and I may not like it, but I can eat it with gusto. And I mean, gusto is like, I enjoy the, the story behind it. I enjoy that someone's making it. And I enjoy that this is a family dish, et cetera, et cetera. And that supersedes and triumphs like paper over rock. <laughs> then I know the food culture. And then I not just respect it, like I understand it. Because my respect for it is greater than what I personally prefer. And I can just honestly say I'm not there with a lot, like many of those things. So that dry deer tendon that I had at the Royal Court many years ago was like a benchmark for me. It's like, oh, I don't know anything about Chinese food. Which is true, but if I get to a point where I can appreciate it, I mean, I can appreciate it mentally, but then, you know, if my gullet can also appreciate it, then I get it. And I know. I think that that moment really stood out to me because when you were, you A, you were being honest about what you like and didn't Everyone like. else would have yeah. edited that shit out. Everyone else would have edited that out because they're scared to offend people. But also the bigger thing is, you're being honest with yourself so that when you do actually get there, you're there, you know? And I think that's something that people in food tend to like kind of write off. They'll be like, oh, I'm, I'm a big fan of Chinese food. And meanwhile, like, it's okay for me to say, like, do I want to eat crickets? Yeah. I don't. I can't, can, is it okay for me to say, I don't want to eat crickets? <laughs> I don't think it's, yeah, I don't think anyone's going to disagree with you right now. But do I understand it's an integral part of many cultures, yeah. even in Korean food? Yes, it is. People don't know that. You go to the mountainside, yeah. they're serving yeah. bugs on sticks. 
Yeah. Big old bugs. Big old bugs. And they smell like bugs too. Like big old bugs. It's I, I think it's interesting to be able to not say that. Because you're but like it's honest for me to say that. But I can also say like if I was I hope to appreciate it. And I, not just saying it, I hope to eat it and appreciate it. I may not think it's the best thing I ever had, but I also understand that cricket protein is fucking going to be a major source of food moving forward. So I got to learn to appreciate it. Do you think it's more like natural for some people than others? Like, for instance, like my mom loves the crickets, right? Like she would buy them in like little, they, they sell them in little tins. And so she like rip one open and I'd always, I'd, I'd feel, I feel bad now. But back then when I was a kid, I was like, mom, that stuff stinks. Can you please not buy that? You know, and she, she would just house these things. And so. But how different is that than eating a small crab or small head on shrimp? Like, you know, it's sort of similar. I've tasted them. They're sort of similar. But one I'm now accustomed to. So I understand that my aversion to eating something like that might be somebody that like 40, 50 years ago that would say, ugh. Look at that. Look at what that Asian person is eating. You know, if you look back at New York Times, what they used to say about chop suey and what Chinese people used to eat in 1890, 1880, it's fucking terrible. This is the paper record basically saying, look at that Chinaman eat that gross shit. They didn't say shit, but they said everything else. Other than that. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's changed. Um, so I don't know. But I got way off topic here. <laughs> but I just wanted to say, like, I, I want to appreciate things, but I'm also torn with things that I actually don't like. And I wanted to get to three things I really don't like that a lot of people like. Okra. Talk about a very significant vegetable to Africa. To southern food. Southern food, yeah. I don't like it. I don't like pickled okra. My wife loves it. Pickled okra, fried okra. I don't like okra. I don't like the slimy texture. I just don't. I don't want to offend anybody, but it's okay for me to say I don't like okra. Will I eat it? Yeah. If it's sliced thinly where I don't have the the viscosity coming out, then I can eat it. Second food I don't like. Yakimono. Japanese mountain yam. Messed up for me. (laughs) Especially when you mix okra. With yakimono. <laughs> I'm just like, these are also Japanese. Okra is yeah. also Japanese. The trinity of that is yakimono, okra, and natto all in one. <laughs> Talk about NBA Big Three. That's the biggest three that I'm too scared of to eat. <laughs> yakimono is delicious when it's not cut. Uh, not, not like a ground into a paste. When it's cut into matchsticks... It almost tastes like jicama to me, and it's I can eat it. When it's turned into a, it reminds me of, you know, I'll just say it, male ejaculate. <laughs> I knew it was coming, but I was just wondering which word you're going to use. It reminds me of the, you know, the XX chromosomes. Oh, God. <laughs> You've built enough goodwill with Japan where that's that's okay. It's not, not my favorite thing, and especially when you put a quail egg and you put rice on it. Uh, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. I, I, I don't like it. I, I, I've never liked it in hot soups and soba. I just, but when thinly sliced, I can do it. 
And I've already mentioned it, natto. I can't, I can't, I can't do it. And my wife likes to eat it right in front of me. (laughs) (laughs) And I've tried it. I've tried to appreciate it, but I can't do it. And I'm tired of people in food media saying like, yeah, of course. I, I think a lot of people just straight up lie about stuff. What specifically about natto are they lying about? That they like it. <laughs> natto is not good. <laughs> I mean, I always like, when I see people eat it straight out of the, you know, they had those like foam packages. Oh, yeah. We got a lot of them in the house. Holy mackerel. I'm just a little like, mustard on that. I'm like, how are you doing that? I just like, well, it's one of the best foods you can possibly eat. For your for your gut, right? Yeah. And I wonder, when I talk about those foods, can I learn to appreciate them? Right? Knowing that my default setting is not to like them. My challenge to myself is, can I force myself to start to eat them and to appreciate them? To go back to, you know, dried Chinese deer tendon. I have to sort of put my money where my mouth is. I think I got to start to eat it. For example... I have trained myself to eat Chirico. Right? Cod sperm. Yeah. Again, it's hard sometimes when it's like six courses of cod sperm in a row. Very hard. (laughs) Very hard. But I'll do it. I'll do it because I want to get to the good stuff. (laughs) That's what I need to do. I'll call through that tunnel of shit like Andy and fucking Shawshank Redemption to get to the good shit. Right? Because Shirako is not nice. <laughs> I don't, I, we've talked about it many times on this podcast. I don't like hot sperm in my stomach. <laughs> I don't even like it in my mouth. I don't like it in my mouth. I don't like it raw. I don't like it cooked. I don't like it fried. I don't like it steamed. I don't like it in a soup. I don't like it in some kind of sukune-like ball. I don't like it at all. <laughs> I've had it every which way. And I don't want to eat any more hot sperm. <laughs> but I'll do it. Is that appreciation or is that more like means to an end, right? It's, it's like, a little bit of both because like many times I'm eating this, it's one-on-one with the chef that's making for me in Japan. And I want nothing more than to appreciate it. I think they see from my face that I'm trying to like stomach it down. One course, two course, I can do. If it's actually a one course that's a huge portion, that's really hard. It's really hard. But I've forced myself, really trained myself to appreciate it because the immediacy of eating that right there, you know, right in front of you. I think I'm forcing myself to eat okra, eat yakimono, and eat natto. You're forcing yourself to eat these things. Because I got to learn to appreciate it. I'm not, I'm not going to just like, like say I don't like it. Stomach lining. I mean, uh, int- small intestine is another story. I don't know if I'll ever get to that point. Really? That's the easiest one. No. Oh, it's so crunchy and beefy. It's so nice. No. <laughs> what's that? What's that Korean barbecue pot, spot in uh, K-Town that serves? Agashi Gopchang. Yeah, Agashi Gopchang. Yeah, right? yeah. And everyone's like, like Eddie Wong's like, that's my favorite. I'm always like, yeah, that's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> one last thing I don't like. I hate mescaline lettuce, specifically red oak lettuce. And as a cook, I used to hate it because you would get red oak lettuce in and it's literally like a red leaf 
uh, it's green and then it's like dark brown and it gets red at the top. I find that lettuce in that mix goes rotten the fastest. And it's, it's intentional by mescaline lettuce and mixed lettuce producers. Because once it goes bad, it's like a zombie apocalypse. It fucking infects everything else around it and it starts to wilt and mold and get gross. And as a zero, zero day shelf life. So in the Democratic Republic of Chang, we, we love lettuce, particularly iceberg, but we will ban the shit <laughs> out of red oak lettuce. You can have mescaline. What even is mescaline? But just don't put red oak lettuce in my salad greens. I don't want to eat it. I don't want to cook with it. It's the one part of diversity that I don't stand for is red oak lettuce. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, 100%. The first one to go bad and like otherwise perfectly nice lettuce. I think people might be listening to like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's like, no, definitely. Yeah, you, you don't know. Yeah. And if you're a cook and you have to make the, the, the mix yourself, if you have to make like a lettuce medley, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> You're like, fuck this lettuce. It's always fucking up my work. (laughs) Anyway, let's take a break. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Great iced tea takes you somewhere else like new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea that we have here at the Spotify Studios and drink quite a bit where unexpectedly blackberry flavor transports you to a berry delicious place. So refreshing you may never want to leave. You will eventually have to though, but take your time. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit Amazon.com slash Pure Leaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf. That's 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Great iced tea takes you somewhere else like new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea that we have here at the Spotify Studios and drink quite a bit where unexpectedly blackberry flavor transports you to a berry delicious place. So refreshing you may never want to leave. You will eventually have to though, but take your time. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit Amazon.com slash Pure Leaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf. That's 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. So slice of life. One of my friends is getting remarried. My first friend that's getting remarried. I'm of that age. And he wants to have a bachelor party. So I don't even know if that is like what you do again. Oh, that's, that's, I don't know. That's pushing it. And I've been to his first bachelor party. Do I have to go to a second one? My, my question is, A, why is there a second one? I feel like the whole point of a bachelor party is that it's the last one. And then. And this guy wants to get married in Greece. And I don't want, I'm just saying right now, I, I, I don't want to go. <laughs> He's not listening. But <laughs> oh, they're listening. And I'm just telling you the truth because I've already talked to you about it. You know who you are. I don't want to go. I, I've already spent money to go to your first wedding and celebrate. I don't even know your second wife to be. Oh. I have not. I haven't even met her. No. Wow. I would like to go to Greece. I've never even been to Greece. But do I want to go to Greece to spend like three days at a, at a, wedding? At a wedding? 
I'd rather wait to save Greece selfishly for a proper, proper visit. So at what point do you say, I don't want to go? And do you have an excuse? We talked about getting out of things earlier, right? Dinner reservations. I think today the slice is about canceling certain other events such as weddings or bachelor parties. <sighs> or, or birthday parties, whatever. But really, I think this slice is, is about a, 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 a wedding. Can you get out of a wedding? So I, I didn't want to miss this wedding, but it happened to coincide with Day's first birthday. And it was the exact same day. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I can't make it. I mean, and I looked at the photos. It looked like they had a blast. They, they were handing out CBD gummies as like party favors. They had like a bowl of them. That's lame. No, I thought it was pretty CBD interesting. CBD gummies? Yeah. I was like, or not CBD, like cannabis gummies as like party favors. And I thought it was like, wow, this winning kind of crazy. It was at a very posh venue over in Malibu. And I was, uh, I, I felt like I missed out. But then I realized, hey, it was your son's first birthday. So you get to miss it. Um, and, and then I realized like, I'm probably all wedding out, but I just don't know about a long, long wedding. I think that it should be, I think a wedding should be within the 48 States. <laughs> Lower 48. Lower 48. Uh, Hawaii is out. Hawaii is really? out. It's too far for people, man. <sighs> yeah. I got a Hawaii coming up. It's too far. And I think international weddings are really tough. Do, yeah. I mean, that has to be our like my, our good friend Mark Johnson and Steph Stephson. They got married um, in Thailand, uh-huh. and we we're opening up a restaurant. And of course, I want to go to the rest the, the wedding. They got married in Thailand. You know how far away Thailand is. <laughs> <sighs> I, I feel bad. I know I'm in the minority here. I understand that, but I think long distance weddings. I also understand both sides. Haven't spoken to friends that have had it. They know full well that having a, a, a destination wedding, it is a natural culling of your friends and family. I never thought about that part. That's yeah. interesting. It is one way to actually theoretically keep costs down and also to like know that you're inviting people knowing that people on the fringe aren't going to come. And I just want to say I'm happy being that friend on the fringe. <laughs> I have no problem being your friend's friend. <laughs> I'm I'm okay being squarely in purgatory in our friendship relationship, where if I don't go, you expected me not to come, so that's okay. I don't want to go to a destination wedding and then be surprised that oh my god, he showed up. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be weird, but like. So does that give you a pass? But I feel anytime. like with your closest friends, as this person is, like one of my close friends, it's like, it's again, I treat them like family. Like you treat your family poor, very poorly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm noticing a very thin Venn diagram here. <laughs> we'll travel the destination way. <laughs> I don't think these circles overlap, dude. Like, so it's know. like, I guess in theory, my logic is it's like one of those like uh, IQ tests where it's like the reverse pattern. So the next thing would you probably say is I love going to weddings from people that I barely know. <laughs> no expectations. It's almost like being a wedding crasher. No, I, I think it's harder. Really, the issue really is now. It's harder to go to weddings with kids. 
And it's harder to go to weddings if you just go by yourself. That sort of sucks. And weddings aren't as fun now in your 40s as they were when you were in your early 20s. Like those first weddings you go to where you don't remember because uh, you get, everyone gets sort of blacked out in the best way possible. That was fun. And then it gets like, it's like Groundhog Day. And weddings aren't as fun as they used to be. But every once in a while, you have a fun wedding. I just wanted to say that I think after the age of 35, if you decide to get married, I'm so happy for you. <laughs> I really am. Just get a low. Get married to City Hall. That's what you should do. It's my advice to everybody. So. You, you didn't elope. I mean, I got pretty close. Dude, I was at your wedding. That was not a fuck. <laughs> and also, for those that are thinking about putting me in the, the fringe invite or anybody else, just know that I think this should be the new rule. A new rule. No wedding planner and no wedding event should ever allow the wedding ceremony to be over 30 minutes. Why? <laughs> Why should it be so long? Oh, it's only the most important day of their lives to that point. <laughs> like, give them, a little, give them a little time, you know? Like, Think about the audience suffering <laughs> through this. Oh, man, it's about them. You got to think about the audience first, <laughs> not each other. The one day it's about them. It's like, <laughs> no, no. So I'm not talking about me selfishly. I'm talking about everybody else. Yeah, think yeah, about yeah. the discomfort of everybody, <laughs> especially an outdoor wedding when the sun's beating down on you and you forgot your sunglasses. You know how terrible that is? <laughs> Whose fucking fault is that, dude? Just, come on. Let them, let them, dude, that, that is like the most important. It's like a very significant moment for everybody. And so like, I feel like when the wedding is brief, the ceremony is brief. The vows are brief. That is a sign that that marriage is going to last a very long time. <laughs> now I'm like looking back to my wedding and wondering like, was it when you have a wedding and the vows are long and overly ornate and, you know, you're just like showboating how much you love each other. I think that's a sign of insecurity. There's something to that, actually. Yeah. 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 I mean, Dude, what are your thoughts, Corey? On marriage or like weddings, wedding. ceremonies. Yeah, keep it short. Um, I've had friends recently that are that are like, oh, like I'm officiating a friend's wedding, or like, oh, I have to give a speech. And what I always say is like, you can only screw this up really one way, and it's if you go too long. Yeah, agreed. And can I also tell you what I love? Uh, what is the that website where you become an ordained minister? It's a Unification Church or something. Universal Church of Something, something. Anytime, anytime one of your you go to a wedding when somebody's like, "Well, that's not a minister. That's like, oh, that's that's Jackie or that's John." Uh-huh. That's going to be a great ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> it's a guaranteed short ass fuck ceremony. <laughs> you know why? Well, it's also going to be hilarious too because they've never done it before. They're going to mispronounce certain things and, be, and they're going to get flustered and they're just going to want to go through and then you laugh and that's funny or they try to keep it as short as possible also very good so that's a good sign anytime you get a real bona fide silver fox minister you're you're fucked you might have you're basically getting like wedding penance oh my god i can't i can't co-sign that i had i had an actual pastor well you yeah. were there it was a long one <laughs> 
yeah, but my vows are like, I got your back. Okay, cool. You know, yeah, like, but his his sermon was very long. <laughs> and if it was short, I would have remembered what he said. <laughs> How about that? I'm sorry, Pastor James. I love you. All people writing sermons for weddings should remind themselves of the great William Faulkner quote, kill them darlings. You gotta kill your darlings. <laughs> All right, just cut to the fucking chase. <laughs> I'm throw him under the bus. Man's read off a piece of paper that I prepared for him. So he just read what I wrote, but I just went on forever. Well, you ain't the first person. I've talked to your editors before. I was like, you know, got to cut to the chase. All right, let's take All a right. break. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, View its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. All right, we got an Ask Dave. This question is for me. (laughs) That's funny. This question is from David Chang. All right. I did email this to, you know. When is it okay to ask someone in the restaurant industry help getting a reservation? What are the protocols? Nothing bothers me more than people who are in my universe, but they're like second cousin in terms of friends. Hey, I'm going to Japan slash Copenhagen. Can you help me get a reservation at Noma? Or can you help me get a reservation at Restaurant X, Sushi Saito or Narasawa? If you don't give me, a, uh, if you don't give me three to six months to do this, right, that's a problem. More often than not, this kind of person that does this, the request is under five days or like 72 hours. I don't give a shit if you're President Joe Biden. I cannot and I won't do it. I'm not even about to bother the chefs that you want to go to or the restaurants you want to go to. I'll usually send a warm-up email they'll usually send a warm-up email one or two weeks in advance. And that, what I mean by that is, I know I'm about to get, like clockwork, I know I'm about to get a request to make a reservation at a restaurant. When someone I haven't spoken to 
in a two years, three years. I, they're friends that are in my universe, but not people I talk to regularly. I get an email saying, so if somebody, uh, what's today? August 8th, 7th, 8th. So uh, it could be even like July 15th. Hey, Dave, what are you, you know, long time, no chat. I saw you in this or I ate at Momofuku in New York. It was awesome. Just wanted to catch up. That's it. Then this literally happened. And this happens all the time. Hey, oh, should I just read the, read the fucking email? Hey, man, hope you're well. I'm going to out him. I can't. Uh, but it was just like, have you ever, <laughs> have you seen any? He's asking, have you, have you seen any information about something that he was looking for? Right. I'm, I'm trying to get some information on company X. Would love to know your thoughts. Just curious. I respond. It was about low cholesterol. <laughs> And you can check it out at this source. Appreciate it. Blah, blah, blah. And then he sends about a week later. Hey, I had mentioned this once and I really appreciate, appreciate the favor if possible. I'm heading to Copenhagen and X. <laughs> I would want to say hundreds of times, but it feels like that. Yeah. And it doesn't always have to be Noma. It could be, hey, um, Anything. Yeah. Nothing bothers me more. I hate it. I hate, I hate this. I didn't even finish the question that I emailed you. <laughs> Just wanted to explain that. <clears throat> so in their respective worlds, they get these people, usually that ask this, they're like alphas in their own universe. They, they're literally like at the pinnacle of whatever they do, um, but they don't have any juice in the world of food. They get whatever they want. Successful. They're rich. They cannot understand why they can't get what they want. They don't understand that, wait, I'm asking in advance. I'm in the city in two days. Why can't I get a table? I get everything else that I want in every other facet of my life. Why can't I get a restaurant reservation? I'm more important than this. What the fuck? It drives them Fucking batshit crazy. Batshit crazy. This is my conclusion. This is why these people invest in restaurants. They get to a place where they're like, fuck it. I just got to say I'm a restaurant investor. That's why they break. I think it's not so different than anyone owning a football team or a basketball team. I think the modern day owning and uh, investing a restaurant is similar it's like owning a sports franchise to some degree in the sense that they're like it's a social flex yeah it's a social flex they now know that if they don't have access to something then none of their friends in their normal world would have access to and now if they have access to something it's something they flex the question i have is to myself <laughs> and the reason is is we didn't get any good ask dave questions we have one uh but next next podcast um 
The question isn't, can any restaurant move heaven and earth to get you a two-top at the last minute? The answer is probably yes. Any restaurant can probably sit somebody. They can probably fit a two-top, four-top. They'll find a way. If they need to, a restaurant can find a way. Not always. Like a, If it's a smaller restaurant, I remember like Old Code, 600 square feet, you couldn't. That's why we kicked out Gail Green. Right. Um, that was a whole mix up, but we couldn't sit her. You just can't. There's literally physical limitations where you can't. You take those out of the equation. Almost every restaurant can find a way, somehow, some way to accommodate an important guest. Or more importantly, it doesn't have to always be an important guest. There might be a double book or it might be a table that got screwed up the day before and they're still in town. You will move heaven and earth to take care of a guest that didn't get the hospitality that they deserve to get. You'll find a way. So you don't always have to be this big shot. But if you have to ask yourself, why can't I get that table? Why can't I get that treatment? If you're asking yourself that, the question is, is are you worth it? And the answer is no. <clears throat> Which is why you find these people investing in restaurants. <laughs> This is how restaurants are born. This is how restaurants are born. <laughs> All right? Uh, and it's just the truth. Like, they get so pissed that they can't get a table. And it rarely happens. And if you're a desirable restaurant, and it's amazing, but you can't always accommodate everyone. People get mad. And I found that when someone that's an alpha or super successful in their field, I hate using that word, but they get whatever they want, they get enraged when they're told no. And I'm sure I was like one of 16 people this person's asked. And I hate it. I hate when people ask me for reservations. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. There are people that I love that will ask and I will do it because like that, again, like they're in, they're in the universe where I talk to. If you, if put it this way, it's if, if they're, if you can scroll for like three minutes on your 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 iMessage or whatever you use to check your text messages and you never see this person in part of that chat, that's not part of your like immediate universe. You know what I mean? And those people change throughout your life. But for the most part, it's not always the case. There might be somebody that you've lost connection with, but like if you don't see that person, everything's normal all over again, right? Yeah, I will, I will do whatever I can. But if you're Talking about a fringe guest, a fringe friend, not even on the outside of a fringe friend. And you want me to pull a favor and there's been nothing, no reciprocity. Like, I'm telling you straight up, like, I've lied to all of you. <laughs> I say, oh, man, they're like really busy, man. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know what? They, they're booked. I can't. And I just, I don't even bother bothering the, the, the restaurants that they're trying to go to. No, that's fair. And and I love the setup because I, I obviously get this as, as well. They're just like, hey, you know, you know, you can get me a table at like Pizza Palace. And I was just like, what the hell, dude? Like, I, I haven't talked to you in like three years, right? It's like, and it's always like a, they'll, the really advanced ones, they'll like get some nugget of something you did recently and just try to like pass it along. It's like, hey, loved what you did with this, this thing or heard you're on the Dave Chang show, you know, and then they'll just kind of like get into it. Yeah, that's called a narcissistic sociopath. <laughs> but then my friends are like, <laughs> my close friends are just like, hey, yo, you think we can get a table at Doma? I'll be like, 
uh, I mean, have you tried? They're just like, yeah, I don't think it's working. I'm like, all right, I don't think it's going to work. They're like, okay. <laughs> That's it. I find it to be so crazy. And here's the deal. If I, if I work with you or if you're in my, like, day-to-day existence, I'm going to try to do it for you without even being asked. Yeah. You literally did it for Corey. I know. I'm trying. I just sent a follow-up fucking text. (laughs) Me sending a follow-up text (laughs) to get him into a restaurant that he's trying to go into Stockholm. (laughs) I don't follow up shit. I want to go on the record. I did not pressure anyone in any way. No, no, <laughs> no. You just we, uh, went and you, I want you to have this <laughs> yeah, experience. He wanted you to try it. I'm, I'm trying to get him in the Exted in, in Stockholm. It's a great restaurant. Nick Lake Exted, great, great chef, great restaurant. All cooked over fire. And they're, you know, one of the reasons we're banking podcasts is the entire team's going to Spotify to do all their Swedish bullshit. But, you know, <laughs> I was like, oh, they're bringing the team. We work together. I want them to have, and I was like, oh, where are you eating? Because eating in Stockholm's amazing. I told them where to go to some places. They have great Iraqi food, amazing. Also to like start to dip because everybody dips. Everybody, everybody. You're going to see it. You're going to be like, what the fuck is going on? Um, and I asked the size, the budget. And I'm like, you know what's a great restaurant in that range would be x You try to get a reservation, you couldn't get it. He's on the wait list. I, I know Nicholas. See what happens. But he didn't ask. I, I wanted to do it. Oh, Corey barely mentioned him passing. He's like, oh, we were talking about like actual work schedules. And he's like, oh, yeah, I can't. Uh, I don't know if I can be there because I'm going to be in Stockholm for this period. And then you were just like, you jumped all over. I was like, oh, my God. Like, damn. <laughs> that happens all the time. Like, I want, at the end of the day, as hard as it may seem to believe or imagine that, I'm in the hospitality business because I do like making other people feel better. (laughs) Shocking to me. (laughs) Fair enough. I hate it. I just want to say I hate it. And it's not just me. I'm sure if you're listening to this and you're in food, you, you know, you've probably been asked by other people for a restaurant reservation. Don't, don't do it. Don't just don't. I don't, I don't, I, I hate it. And I'm sure they hate it too. And you need to have a little empathy to be like, you know what? You shouldn't ask either. You should find your own way of doing it. And the reality is a lot of these restaurants take reservations 30 to 60 to 90 days. Even if I was given five, six months, it would still be hard for me to get you a reservation at one of these restaurants. It just is. So to ask me in under five days, it's a sign of complete fucking disrespect. Uh, here's the thing that like, and I think you kind of touched on it was the feeling of, Hey, I want to make you happy, right? Like I don't work in hospitality, but like, I I care about making other people happy. And it's just like, you're putting me in a really tough situation here. Like I'm, I have to pull in a favor and it's something that I might not likely be able to deliver. And so that's the feeling that kills me. That's the thing that's my cross. Like, I want this for you. I just, it just it sucks because it's going to be really hard and I have to pull some strings and um, yeah, that's, that's why I don't like it. It's like being asked for a reservation. I'm just like, I don't know if I can do this for you. And it, it and that feeling of not being able to do it just makes me feel kind of crappy. And if I find out somebody's done it the, like the way, like the right way, like they got some shit coming to them. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, just if you can't get a table at a hot reservation, a hot restaurant, like then you're not going to get the table. Don't ask. You just don't. 
It's, it's a time suck, right? So um, that, that was just the story. We will have an Ask Dave from somebody else. <laughs> where it's not Ask Dave, Asking Dave. Talk about narcissistic sociopath. Jesus Christ. Uh, let's take a break. All right. We're going to have a quick moif here. Dinner stereotypes edition. Everyone says they don't judge, but they judge. We're not judging on anything other than the look of an individual and what they like to eat. And we have several avatars available. You have a solo diner. You have a tourist diner. The tech bro diner, which is very different than the finance bro diner. The athlete. The celebrity. You have the date night diner. You have the work dinner diner. You have people that work in the industry, diners. You have the super rich diners that are asking people for reservations at restaurants. <laughs> and then you have the influencer blogger, Yelper diners. Of those that I mentioned, you know, and this is usually, I mean, you're going to ask me stuff. I'm going to ask you first. What are your top three kinds of diners on this list that you want to be associated with? Right? Where if you're sitting down with them, you're like, okay, I'm not embarrassed. So it's kind of an oxymoron, but the solo diner is definitely somebody I want to like if I'm at the uh like the chef's counter or like just the, the bar and grabbing a bite, I always like to and if they look open to it, we'll just, you know, chat up at the bar, watch the game, eat a steak or something, right? So the solo diner is actually like my number one choice. It's like that's my favorite kind of person to be around when I'm eating. As long as I'm not bothering them. I don't want to fuck up their, you know, whatever they're doing. Uh, <laughs> the rest of these are pretty rough. <laughs> I think work dinner, you know, like, all right, sure. Let's, you know, we are recontextualizing this meeting in a place that I really enjoy. You know, I love restaurants. I feel most at home in restaurants. And so uh, this is, you know, at least a net, net gain, right? Because this could have been at a fucking boardroom and we're in a restaurant. No, man. I would say, just to break this down, the dinners that I would want to be in, self, I'm not even talking about just the food and drink. Mm -hmm. And I'm there as, oh. a, as, as a parasite almost. <laughs> Not trying to add value to anything else, but okay. just there is like, huh, what would I, who's going to eat the best? Is really the question, Ooh. right? I'm going to tell you right off the bat, solo diner depends, but I would say solo diners are cherished and they're usually great eaters and they have that. We've talked about this many times. They're the best diner. We're taking solo off the list because okay. like you don't really have to discuss. If you're going to a great restaurant by yourself, chef's kiss. Tourist is out because that, it depends. Tourist in America versus tourist abroad. I would, I want to eat with tourist abroad, but I, I think we need a phrase, what kind of tourist, right? So, so I'm going to pause tourist. I'm going to tell you right now, between tech bro and finance bro, I'm eating with tech bros. Really? Interesting. I, I think the finance bros are steak, steakhouse all the way, lobster, and big California Reds. Like, they're, they're like, screaming eagle all the way. <laughs> God damn it. 
<laughs> Harlan Estate is the fucking best. Can hurt it in my head. God damn it. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's really meat and potatoes. Tech bros are trying to be enlightened. And you're going to have some bullshit explanation being like, dude, have you read about That's the stoic a, oh, philosopher? I can't fucking do that. I can't fucking do that. I'm sorry. I don't need like but, every damn dish. But again, like, again, I'm not there for some pseudo intellectual conversation. I'm there to eat. They're, they're going to, they're going to be well read. They're going to read all like the, the blogs about what to eat. They read all everything. They're going to order well because the, whether they know what they're ordering or not, they have to look like they know what the fuck they're doing. And I think they're going to order. They're going to order well. So I had to choose the tech bro over a finance bro because they're, they're just trying to, they're playing like charades. You know what I mean? It's all an act to look like they know what they're doing. I know, but that's like, a 55% but that's also to, to, to be guy, true though yeah. I'm friends I'm making fun of a lot of my friends that are tech yeah. bros and, and, and bro, what's tech woman tech girl <laughs> tech peoples tech folk tech folk they eat really fucking well they eat really 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 well and I find that finance bros tend to barbecue at home a lot you can talk your head off about smoking meats it's true Tell me I'm not fucking true. It's fucking true. But they drink well. They're they like, drink a lot. Yeah, I upgraded from that Traeger pellet smoker to uh, this uh, whatever the fuck. I got something custom made by Aaron, and it's awesome. Athlete, I'm not dining with. Because okay. they're going to be on some strict diet and eating <laughs> Jesse chicken breast. So I'm not eating with them. Celebrities, not eating with celebrities. Because they don't eat. They don't eat. Yeah. They don't eat. Date night? <laughs> Crashing a date, Crashing a date night? night? I think would be awesome. <laughs> Being a third wheel is underrated. You get the best of the date without any of the, any of the, anything else. <laughs> Just the food. Third date, third wheel is like highly underrated. If I could be more third wheel on, an, on a date, I, I would do so. <laughs> so if you want to, if you guys are going out on a date, I would love to be the third wheel. You can be in your zone the whole time. Nobody will mind you. They got to talk. And you'd want a third person because now you can try more foods. That's fair. That's important. Work dinners, I feel, are never fun. I don't, I don't want to be part of work dinners, but they tend to order a lot of food. But you also have to listen to a lot of platitudes and stuff like that. So I, I'm, not, I'm not down for the work dinner. So right now, I'm, I'm, I'm solo diner, tech bro. Cooks. I'm, I'm a, no, I mean, yeah, I'm a, I'm dining with the tech bros, cooks, and the super rich. Clearly, the super rich are going to eat the best. It's not even a question. Is they are going to drink the best shit? They are going to eat the best shit. It really is a, a they eat, they do eat better than everybody else. <laughs> 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 I went to my friend's house during the pandemic. It was the first house that I went to as a visit during the pandemic. And I, and I, I opened up their freezer and I was like, oh my God, you have like the, be- it's like a restaurant here, like a high-end restaurant. 
I don't know how, but all of the fucking food is the best food that you'd want from all the purveyors. He had everything you'd want. And I'm like, dude, this is how it, this is how you live. This is how you've been eating. It's amazing. Can you taste like what, 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 what example of things that you saw? Every cut of beef possible, every cut of everything possible. His fridge was full of fucking beautiful fish. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. That's at home. But going out to dinner, it's pretty great. And the Yelp or influencer bloggers, no. Because you're like dining with a critic. And they're, it's just not fun. Oh, yeah. That's like, oh, yeah. No. But I would say my number one thing, and you don't have to have extreme wealth to dine amazingly. The reason why I would always want to dine with cooks is you know. We, we take care of each other in our business. And cooks, when you order, I'll never forget this. I was with some younger cooks. This is, we're all very young. And we saved up money to go to Danielle. And nothing is funnier when you see a bunch of cooks that make nothing try to get dressed up to go to a nice dinner. <laughs> it's so funny, right? No one knows how to put on a tie. Yeah, like clip on ties? too big or too small, <laughs> you know? It's, it's, it's a struggle. <laughs> It's a struggle to get dressed. And you go to a restaurant and you sit down and Danielle came to our table. He's like, what do you guys, uh, where do you guys work? He knew, you, you know, immediately when you have a group of say four people that shouldn't normally don't eat there. And then, you know, one of your friends has like their sleeves rolled up and you see all the burns. Like you, there are things that you can tell. And Danielle just rolled out the red carpet, comp the meal for us. And it was like amazing. And we had no, you don't know that's going to happen. But I feel like if you were able to be recognized as a cook and you don't tell people that you're a cook, you get recognized very similar to not telling somebody that like, hey, I want to get eat at this restaurant. It's a little bit of that Willy Wonka thing where it's like, okay, if you do it, you know, if you build it, it will come. A lot of times you'll get comped or a significant portion of the bill will get comped. And they're going to take care of you by sending you a bunch of food. Not always. Mm-hmm. I think it's harder to do today than it was, say, 20 years ago. But when you're eating with cooks, you eat really well. Or you find a way to sort of hack the menu to order a bunch in the most affordable way. Or you are working at like a restaurant group where you pull together your vouchers. You have like dining vouchers. So you're like, you know, you have $300 a person to spend. So you turn to four, you got 1200 bucks to spend. It's great. So I would choose tech bros uh-huh. as the group of people I'd least want to hang out with on a day-to-day basis, especially at dinner, but I think they were going to eat really well and drink really well. Cooks and, unfortunately, the super rich. <laughs> we kept it real. <laughs> mm-hmm. How about you? I'll, I'll, I'll revise. I'll definitely eat with the cooks. I think cooks also have really fun stories. They're also fun to be around. Um, depending. Uh, I, I still like finance bro for drinking. Like, they, they know how to drink, man. I don't want to drink. I want to. I want to. And super rich, mostly for the, like, the mind-bending factor. Finance bros. I don't, they're, they're a lot, they can be a lot of fun. Yeah, but are they going to eat well? I, I I'll think. figure out what to eat, man. I'll, this is about eating and drinking. Yeah, but I'm going to drink great. I know that. 
It's eating and drinking. <laughs> okay. Right? There's, yeah. there's, there's ain't a muffalata sandwich there. <laughs> Stop. Get out of the sandwich. All right. Let's take a break. Give us five stars. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you, you know. But I want to get you out of here. One thing I, I like quite a bit. And I'm no longer embarrassed to use it. I think bouillon cubes and bouillon paste is going to make a huge comeback. Huge comeback in the coming months and years. I think it's got a bad rap. I would rather use bouillon cubes and bouillon paste than the crappy carton of chicken stock or beef stock or vegetable stock. That tastes like nothing. It's, it's diluted something. It almost has no gelatin in it, right? If it was stock, it would be like gelatinous. Right. It's almost never gelatinous. Yeah. And oftentimes I think it's better with just water than using that. Yeah. And if you use bouillon powder or bouillon cubes, people think like, oh, that's, that's bullshit. But it's delicious. It came from chicken. A long way away, it, t- it came from chicken in many forms. But I've been cooking with it more and more because it's delicious. At home, I have chicken powder. I bought a big old thing of chicken powder, chicken powder <laughs> for our studios. And I'm adding it to everything. <laughs> chicken powder is delicious. And you would be surprised how many great restaurants use it. It's a real thing. Well, so you, you shouldn't make fun of it. Like when Marco Pierre White started promoting Noor, everyone's giving him shit. And he's just like, I don't give a fuck. Like, it's good. Why, why are you taking shit? Why are people criticizing chicken bouillon? I don't know. But I would say many cultures use, use it quite a bit. Bouillon cubes are great. They're delicious. And again, even though it's loaded with MSG, I think a lot of people don't even talk about that. They're not they're not not eating it because of MSG. They're making fun of it because it seems like it's cheap, it's crappy, and it's artificial. I, I don't I don't agree personally. Yeah, that's that seems to be the general perception of it. Is that like, oh, it's like a shortcut. It's not the real thing. But I think that what they mean is that's a shortcut in relation to actually making your own like chicken stock and making your own or I made broth. yesterday for something we're shooting, I made everything from scratch. And I still, I made a chicken broth from scratch too. And I still added like a teaspoon of chicken powder. Oh, that's genius. And it was delicious. Oh, wow. Can, can you tell me I'm cheating? Yeah. Again, I won't say who, but there is a very, very, very successful chef, three Michelin star chef, multiple restaurants. And you know what he puts in? MSG. Is he cheating when everything is made from scratch? Damn. I don't think so. I don't think so. Chicken powder has got a lot of flavor. It goes a long way, and it is used in a lot of foods, and it's delicious on French fries. <laughs> oh, yes. All right. Give us five stars.